Hello friends, Patrick McFarland here of the Liberty Bigly podcast coming at you with another episode. In this one, I'm going to be talking about libertarian burnout. And I think it's a topic that will be interesting for people, at least I hope so. Not necessarily to say that I am burnt out on libertarianism at the moment, but I had this moment today where I was scrolling through my podcast addict feed because I wanted something to listen to during a run today and there was nothing I had already listened to Dave Smith um part of the problem just recently and you know usually part of the problem is something I can hit up because there's banter between Dave and Robbie and Dave has entertaining points you know I I see him first and foremost as an entertainer but it's like infotainment or something like that. But I really just had that feeling today, like my podcast feed is exhausted. I've heard every single topic before that is in the feed itself. And at some point it just gets exhausting. And this has several facets to it as well. And it's not only just, the libertarianism itself, but I'm just kind of, maybe I am feeling a little burnt out, but I am just in some ways very, very tired of politics being such an integral um, feature of what life is about now in social interactions. And I think it might come from the fact that I am kind of an introvert Whereas, you know, Prof. CJ was talking about he was at the Midwest Peace and Liberty Forum and he was feeling very exhausted and tired from it because introverts get their energy from being alone and that's how they recharge their batteries, whereas extroverts are the opposite. And he said being around other people was very tiring. And I really understand that. I am an introvert, so, but it seems like when you are in situations where you have to be social, you, something that always comes up is politics, and it's just like, oh, for the love of Christ, you know, unless you are a libertarian, it is so hard to relate to other people on politics, because you, their ideas are just so normy and and so conventional and just so boring <laughs> and you know it's hard to really make them see a different perspective and if you do there's always that kind of disconnect and whether their eyes glaze over because they just don't care or whether they get very offended and self-righteous because you're sacrificing their sacred cow uh, it's just exhausting and it's, you know, you get real tired of it. And it seems like though, that even though you get tired of it in this day and age, politics is so central to everything that's going on. And maybe this was like the naivete of my youth, 
But I don't, growing up, I don't remember things being so political all the time, everything being politicized, and it not dominating conversation or awkward interpersonal issues or just everything that you hear on the news or see about. And I know Jeff Dice has talked a lot about this, how with the Supreme, you know, with, with the Supreme Court and with everything, um, the entire country, with the entire country having to live under the laws of one sovereign, you really are getting every issue be politicized with, you know, the Supreme Court and the 14th Amendment really going in and deciding all these political questions that they shouldn't be deciding, even by their own jurisprudence. Um, but, you know, not solving political questions, but making the entire country bend to what nine... Um, wait, is it nine or am I just thinking Lord of the Rings? Because we were watching that uh, this weekend. But... Yeah, it's the nine Supreme Court justices. So the nine witch king Nazgul's um, sitting on the Supreme Court. And when you bend everyone to the rules or the whims of nine justices, but everyone in the nation having to live under those decisions, um, affecting, you know, so much that is, excuse me, so much that is, it's all pol political decisions, all these social issues that they get in to decide. And it really politicizes everything. And everyone having to live under Donald Trump or everyone, you know, either being a Republican or a Democrat, it's just so divisive and exhausting. And everyone is trying to force everyone else how to, you know, to live under their rules. So... There's that aspect of it, and then there's, but it's all libertarian burnout, because even, even just holding unorthodox political beliefs that are so radical and extreme and different from the mainstream, not to mention internally, but externally, it adds to the burnout, because, you know, you get so tired from talking with people who are still in the matrix and it makes you feel awkward on the inside. It makes you feel different, but challenged and um, kind of on your guard. And not to mention it would make you feel angry too, because these people, um, you know, they just don't get it. They want to enforce their will upon you. And at sometimes like, you know, I forget the name of the guy, in the matrix, but he just wants to take the blue pill because he wants to be plugged back in and just not realize that the matrix exists and that he's living in it. Um, you know, sometimes you feel that way. Uh, at least sometimes I feel that way as a libertarian, of course, you know, not seriously, but you wish that you could ignore all of this shit. Um, wish that it would go away, wish that you didn't have to, be a zealous advocate for human liberty, wouldn't that be nice? Or wish that you didn't have to influence the culture in a certain way or try to get people to realize what's actually going on. 
but then turning to the internal as well with you know inside the libertarian sphere too i you know i did have that podcast saying are there too many libertarian podcasts no of course not because um you know saying this to my wife elise in the car earlier that i feel like even though i really really like dave smith and i like tom woods and i like everyone you know but I feel like I've heard every Tom Woods episode there is to hear. Or on some level, too, I've heard almost every Dave Smith episode there is to hear. And I'm not one too much for a current events guy. But if, like, a current events podcast, whereas, um, you know, maybe Scott Horton's show doesn't get uh, as old I think his show is a little bit more dry than the other shows, just pure information and, and less entertainment. Whereas maybe Tom Woods would be, you know, four fifths information and one fifth entertainment. Um, Scott Horton would be maybe seven eighths information and one eighth entertainment. I feel like Dave Smith is maybe half entertainment and half information maybe or three quarters entertainment and one quarter information um you really do feel though like you've heard every topic talked about and i've i guess i've been in this world for three years um maybe a little more maybe four years now it is wow time kind of flies but you I mean, not to say it's bad, but you really just get, I don't know, you've heard almost everything there is, and, like, I've heard Dave Smith talk about certain topics over and over and over again, and I just, um, I really hope that my show isn't like that, although I would understand if it was, and I could see that being the case, but you know, just trying to keep reinventing it and trying to put out content that is different than every other libertarian podcast out there is hard. I'd like to do more entertaining. Um, but I think that I found a good niche with Keith. You know, there's not a lot of people doing like hardcore legal history and theory out there. Um, the legal history I try and do too, but with Keith, I really enjoy doing the We've been doing a lot of answering or debunking arguments now um, directed towards people. And I see that's really how Stefan Molyneux in some ways got very popular because he would take, you know, this video from someone else and then debunk it. And I think a lot of people get a lot of hits on YouTube and different platforms for having content like that because there's no such thing as bad publicity but I don't know. So it's just, um, I hope that this podcast isn't really a downer, but I hope that, oh, I, I never finished my thought when it came to what I was saying to Elise in the car earlier is like, okay, yes, I feel like I've listened to every single Dave Smith episode or every single Tom Woods show topic and episode that's out there. I feel like I've hit it all up. I've heard all the Tom Woods, you know, episodes that there is to hear i've heard him cover every topic and at this point in time when he 
It's just kind of a rehashing when he goes over certain things again or has a certain guest on or what have you. But that's not to say that Tom Wood should just stop podcasting. Um, you know, as a podcaster myself, there are always people that are either tuning in and tuning out or tuning back in. Or you are constantly getting a shuffle of new listeners as older listeners kind of, you know, their interest dies off. And that's just the the life cycle of it, you know, trying to constantly attract new listeners and retain retain listeners. Um, so of course, you know, Tom Woods and Dave Smith, and you know, all those people out there, keep putting out your content. But at some point in time, and you need to manage your burnout, I suppose, with, with all this stuff, take some breaks and, and really focus on your life. And I've said multiple times on the show that, um, one of my biggest critiques of the LGBT community, um, aside from, you know, all the, all the regular stuff is that I just don't find it very interesting because I find that usually more often than not, and of course I'm an individualist, but and this is anecdotal, but usually I find my main critique of the LGBT community is that for each of them, it seems like their gen- their sexuality and their gender identity, their sexual orientation and their gender identity is the defining characteristic of who they are. There's nothing more important to them than their sexual, um, you know, identity and their gender when applicable. And I really just don't find that very interesting. I think it's vapid, you know, to focus so much of your identity on those things. Um, I just don't understand, you know, when, when I want to know about you, I don't want to know about, or, you know, when I'm getting to know a person and when I care about a person, I don't want to know about whether they're gay or, well, I mean, that comes up, but I want to know about their interests, and when their interest is their gayness, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. I want to know what kind of music you like. I want to know if you like sports, or if, you know, you like films, or what have you. You like to read books, what kind of books you're into. Um, Do you like to do art? Are you a painter? And, you know, that kind of stuff... And if all you are, it's just your, I'm sorry, I keep yawning. It's just your sexuality. I just, uh, yeah, it's not very interesting to me. So, man, I kind of forgot where I was going with that, with the podcasting thing. But, um, oh, and I don't want it to be that way with libertarianism either. Like, and Kind of, that's kind of why I created this show as a B-side, because there are things I'm interested in outside of the realm of libertarianism, and I think that at times you really have to take a step back as much as you can, because, I mean, at least for someone like me who is a podcaster, and I try to be active in this world and do my part for the liberty movement, and I'm very passionate about that, it's not 110% of who I am as a person. And at times you do get burnt out on it. 
and you just need to take a step back and realize that there's more to life than just being fixated on our servitude. <laughs> um, of course, it is envelop. You know, it is enveloping, and there are associated hobbies that go along with the libertarian mindset, like I guess maybe prepping or uh, diversifying or or um, having a garden, or doing agorist things, or gunsmithing, shooting, um, all that kind of stuff. I think I said prepping already, but, um, you know, at some point in time, just gotta unplug, and it's unfortunate, because I've been doing all these movies lately, that your perspective on things are just completely altered, and you feel so closed off from society, from normie society in a lot of ways and that's not a great comfortable feeling because you want to be connected with people and you want people to see things your way and not and you want to be accepted by people you don't want to be laughed out of the room um but then so how do i stay motivated really is that i keep listening to other people's podcasts and that motivates me i try to read, you know, the theory, but at the same time, I'm very busy. I have a lot of, you know, being a dad and going to work, and uh, that's pretty all-time consuming, but I also like to read something other than economics or nonfiction or, you know, about the wars. It gets kind of depressing. Would like to be reading some, you know, fiction, fantasy books or, or things that just don't always have me raging about this because I think that's pretty healthy not to. Um, yeah, but the burnout is real, you know, and like I said, I've been in this three or four years and it seems, I don't know about all the other people that I've seen on Twitter or what have you, but as a lot of people are being in this sphere for, it seems like there's a lot of people coming into the ANCAP voluntarist thing. And I'm wondering how brief the candle is uh, to coin a Stargate SG-1 episode in season one, brief candle. Um, go check it out. But I'm wondering how brief that candle is you know, how fast do you burn out on this? You know, one interesting thing that I wonder too is this might be a bad sample size from the internet too, or, you know, a lot of the people that I see on Twitter or Facebook in the libertarian community, part of me wonders if a lot of people are involved in the liberty movement who have some kind of mental health issue going on where they are against authority because they have some kind of a mental health issue and it makes them fixate on it so much that their entire worldview is just turned into this hating this external force because the external force to them represents some problem that is within themselves that they are hating on. 
and maybe this, of course, it's probably not true to everyone that's online, but I hope that this idea is making sense to people who are listening to this because I've noticed this a lot online that people, of course, in the liberty sphere are so passionate and so, I don't want to say vitriolic in their hatred of the state, but it is it is very intense. And I'm wondering if the state for, I think this is probably true for many people, if not, not all, but again, if the state represents this external thing that they can blame their internal problems on, like, oh, X is not going right in my life, so therefore I'm going to externalize these internal problems and hate the state even more passionately. And I hope that that's not what is going on with myself. And, uh, you know, even as I talk about this burnout, but I do suspect that this is what is going on with many people that I see on Twitter and Facebook. And again, that could just be a Twitter and Facebook thing, but I think it has a lot to do with hating the state. And that's probably not very healthy. Um, you know, whether it's for me or whether it's for any of you ANCAPs or voluntarists out there. And maybe it's something to keep on guard for and to be wary of trying to take care of yourself first instead of getting so wrapped up in this politics. Because it could just be maybe a whipping boy or some something you pour your energy into to avoid really looking in the mirror is pouring your energy into politics in this game, your time, energy, effort, and passion, pouring it into hating the state when what you really need to be doing is fixing yourself and focusing on yourself and your family and those things that you can control. Because at the end of the day, what, you know, what real effect are you going to have on the Liberty movement or on the, nature of human progress towards liberty, um, probably pretty minuscule compared to the effect that you can have on your own life. And in some ways, you know, maybe this is like a Jordan Peterson, uh, clean your room kind of argument before you, you know, get out into the world and try to change it and influence it or what have you, just make sure that all of your shit is in perfect order too, as much as you, uh, first, as much as you can. But I really, I think it's kind of that combined with, I don't, you know, I don't know with these other, other people in the Liberty movement, I really do suspect that a lot of them are dealing with this externalizing internal problems and then using it as a scapegoat hating the external thing when really what's going on is some kind of internal problem with either authority or yourself or something, some kind of issue that you're externalizing and pouring your hatred into. But that all being said, fuck the state, <laughs> you know? I don't know, it's strange. That all being said... Um, the state sucks. It's immoral that we live under it. All of all of those things are true. The state is really this horrible institution. Um, but this community or this change and 
that's really what I'm thinking about for, for this book too, that I'm trying to write is what does it mean to be a voluntarist? What is it? What is this psychological transformation represent? And what is it? What is the journey? What does it mean to go through this? And is this some kind of a, a phenomenon? Do all of us experience the same thing? Therefore, are we all going through the same kind of externalizing this internal problem? Um, don't really know. I'd be curious to learn your thoughts, you know. Send me an email, patrick.mcfarlane at libertyweekly.net, or um, I don't know if you can leave a comment on this episode. Um, but you can definitely leave voicemails for me to put in my episode if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Liberty Bigly. That's one word, of course, no commas, Liberty Bigly, B-I-G-L-Y. Um, and I can put those audio recordings into the next show. Actually, I can do that pretty easily. So um, please hit me up with your thoughts on this. This is something I have really noticed in the libertarian community, um, but also just any thoughts you have on libertarian burnout in general. And, you know, sometimes you just got to step away and then recharge your batteries a bit and come back in. But, well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, hope I didn't go on too long. I'm sorry. This is kind of usually the only time I have to record anything like this is when I'm getting ready for bed or when I'm in bed and, uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, in some ways it's like a, a journal a little bit. And that, that's what I had intended this show to be amongst a lot of other things too, you know, not just libertarianism, kind of my journal where I think about things in a stream of consciousness and, uh, yeah. So hope you enjoy it. Um, until next time, peace.